Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Carving It Up Live right here on Twitter, as well as the Carving It Up YouTube channel and the Grid YouTube channel. As always, I'm Bryce at Carver. I said good evening because I'm, I'm a creature of habit. I'm so used to saying that. It's actually in the afternoon. Uh, it's early, once again, earlier show, 3 Eastern, noon Pacific time. Today is Good Friday uh, for, uh, to all those who observe, um, like myself. Uh, I've, I've got some uh, things that do have to do with Good Friday around 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific, which is when I normally do the show. So I want to just go and uh, do it a little earlier like I did yesterday. But you know, normally Fridays during non-football season and non-NBA playoff season are kind of – you're kind of just looking for topics. I'll occasionally take Friday off if there's not that much. This show could be a good Thursday show because there's plenty to talk about in the draft, in the NFL with individual players, uh, plenty of NBA stuff. This is the last weekend of the NBA regular season. Uh, let's see, what else we got? Oh, yeah, former NBA player <laughs> Gilbert Arenas talking crazy about today's NBA players. Uh, Mark Cuban, who is seemingly doing his best to try and scare Luke out of Dallas with, with some of the things he's saying publicly about Jalen Brunson and now with Kyrie Irving. It's a disaster right now in Dallas, and their chances of making, forget the playoffs, the play-in tournament appear to be very, very slim. Uh, I'll just talk about that later in the show. At the end of today's show, again, last weekend of the regular season, today is the third to last day, so we got today, tomorrow, Sunday. Which Sunday, all the teams play, which could be exciting. But I'm going to give you my predictions as to... What the playoff bracket, playoff, not playing, playoff bracket looks like after Sunday. So one through six, again, seven and eight seeds will be blank. We, we, we don't know who, who exactly, uh, you know, the playing teams will be at this particular juncture in time. Uh, East Eastern Conference playing is pretty much set. Again, you got Miami, Brooklyn competing to try and get in that sixth spot. Again, if Miami were to get in and get Philadelphia, that is bad, bad news for the Sixers as opposed to playing a Nets team while has, you know, it has some, Nice young talent. Mikel Bridges has been great for him this year, Cam Johnson. But it just, it's, you know, it's the Nets. They're not expected to probably win more than one game in the first round, should they even get into uh, the postseason. But I wanted to start with the NFL draft, which is less than three weeks away. And Carolina is obviously the team that everybody is focusing on. Who are they going to take with the number one pick? Is it Stroud or is it Young? 
Okay, C.J. Stroud, the quarterback out of Ohio State, Bryce Young, the quarterback out of Alabama, both had fantastic college careers. Uh, you, you know, you talk about Bryce Young winning the Heisman Trophy, getting to a national title game, losing to Georgia. C.J. Stroud, who had a, an excellent career at Ohio State, got to the college football playoff, played the game of his life against the best defense in college football, just to use the name of the show, carved them up. But his kicker couldn't come through for him. Like I said, kickers, uh, when a kicker misses a, a game-winning kick, especially, and I don't want to be too brutal on the guy, not to get off topic, but when we miss it as bad as that guy missed for Ohio State, it just makes me want to pull my hair out. Point is, for the last few weeks, it feels like it's been Stroud. I Right, it feels like kind of the national consensus is, okay, Stroud's going number one to, to Carolina, Young is going number two to Houston. Well... It does appear as if it's so obvious now. As a matter of fact, it feels like the pendulum has sort of swung the other way. So Chris Mortensen was talking about uh, Bryce Young on ESPN. If I can get the quote right here. Uh, again, he was on ESPN the other day, and he said, gosh, where is it? Okay, I can't. Oh, okay, here's, here's the quote right here. This is on Sports Illustrated, an article they got. Uh, Chris Mortensen said on Wednesday about Bryce Young, quote, Bryce Young is the pick. Yes, connecting Frank Reich to C.J. Stroud in terms of the prototype of a guy he's worked with in the past, but they all love Bryce Young. I think I'll quote Adam Schefter when he said this reminds him of when the Niners moved all the way up to draft um, to, to, to number three to draft Mac Jones and then changed their mind at the last minute and drafted Trey Lance. That has not worked out for the 49ers, and I think the Panthers are on Bryce Young at the start and will stick with him when it's time to turn in that card. Okay, so uh, for the record, by the way, uh, Vegas, listen to what Chris Mortensen said. Again, he's one of the best insiders in the business. And Vegas now has Young and Stroud as co-favorites uh, to, to be that number one overall pick in this upcoming draft. Here's to me what it says, because I'm sort of, I, I like both guys. Um, I think Young is clearly the more talented prospect. I don't think that's arguable. He's better. He's great outside the pocket. Arm, I give to Stroud accuracy. While Stroud is deadly accurate, I give that to Bryce Young. He's more of a playmaker at quarterback. He's really kind of a small Patrick Mahomes, if you will. Doesn't have the arm of Mahomes. Uh, he's very cool. Now, both guys have tremendous intangibles by all accounts. Uh, Bryce is a guy like Stroud who's had plenty of talent around him in Alabama. Um, you know, Bryce, I can't remember, and this is something else about Bryce Young that you can't necessarily say about C.J. Stroud. While I love Stroud, name Bryce Young's Bad game at, at at Alabama. Like, I mean, he just didn't play well. I, I can't, if you want to say the national title game against Georgia, okay. But A, that's the best defense in college football by a mile. B, he was missing his top two wide receivers. I think it was Jamison Williams and, uh, and, and, and Mechie. Missing both of those guys against the best defense in college football. That's, that's tough to come back from. And again, Alabama scored 18. It's not great, only, you know, in the high teens, but Bryce was not bad in that game. By any stretch. Stroud had some stinkers from time to time. If you think about Michigan last year, you could even say Michigan the year before that. Like, he's had some games you're like, oh, gosh, like, uh, the, you know, some clunkers. But here's what I think. If the Panthers were to select Bryce Young number one overall, and today it feels like a coin flip that if it's heads young, tail Stroud, it's probably going to land on heads. Here's what it would tell me if the Panthers take Young number one overall. It would tell me they're saying, and Frank Reich is saying, look, I've had plenty of talented quarterbacks. Again, Chris Mortensen said sort of the prototype quarterbacks, right? 
strong arms, stands well in the pockets, you know, good leadership, like the whole, all, all the, the basic qualities that you want in a good quarterback. Like Frank Reich, Andrew Luck, I thought was a great quarterback, but injuries killed him. They never protected him in Indianapolis, and by the time Frank Reich got there, Andrew Luck was damaged goods. Jacoby Brissett, nice player. He's a backup quarterback. Phillip Rivers was 40 years old. Carson Wentz, we know what he is in the biggest of games, as we saw in Indianapolis. Heck, as we saw last year in Washington, in that game against Cleveland. And then last year with an old Matt Ryan. Again, the basic qualities that you want in a quarterback, but the ceiling is just not even close to what you want to try and win a championship. In Carolina now, got a great defense. Got nice wide receiver. Now you trade away DJ Moore, DJ Moore to the Bears, but you still got nice wide receivers. You've got a good running back. Offensive line could use improvements, but the good news for Carolina is they're in a division. They're in a division where just about every team outside of maybe New Orleans, and I don't know what New Orleans' plan is right now, is rebuilding. Tampa Bay's rebuilding. That's why Baker Mayfield is their quarterback. Atlanta's rebuilding. Again, we'll see if they take a quarterback. That to me is why they're not going after Lamar Jackson. That's why they're rolling with Desmond Ritter for the moment. And Carolina, who almost made the playoffs last year, but decided to hire Frank Wright, one of the better offensive coaches of the NFL. If you don't believe me, check Super Bowl 52 when he was the offensive coordinator of the Eagles and what Nick Foles did in that championship run. He's saying, okay, I've had enough of good quarterbacks, you know, high, you know, high, high floor, low ceiling, just good. I'm in year one. I'm in a rebuilding division. I've got nothing to lose. Let's take it. Let's 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 swing for the fences. Let's go get Bryce Young. Let's go get the guy who has the higher upside, the higher ceiling, and has a better chance if he pans out. If both guys pan out, Bryce Young's gonna be the better player because he was in college. But he, again, he won the Heisman, made it to a national title game, and for the record, played in the way tougher conference. Okay, the no disrespect to the Big Ten, the SEC is a different animal. The SEC is literally the NFL's minor leagues. It might as well be. Like, that's what it is. You've got your AAA prospects who are, you know, like Will Anderson and Bryce Young that are going to crush it in the NFL, you know, potentially. And then you've got your, your good players, your double-A guys who are going to go late first round, early second round. Whereas Big Ten, and especially in the future, Pac-12 and Big 12, and then you got the ACC, which is a joke. It's not even close to the SEC. So I see what, if, if this report is true, and this is Chris Mortensen saying this, so, you know, he doesn't miss often. This, to me, feels like a, we are going for the best player available. We are going for the guy that, or do we have concerns about his height? Of course we do. I have concerns about his height. That's the one thing that makes me hesitant on Bryce Young, because name the, the smaller quarterback that's working right now. Russell Wilson just had the worst season by far of his career. You can blame that on coaching, but Russ wasn't even all that great his last year in Seattle. Now, I thought that was the personnel surrounding him. I was wrong. Look what Seattle did the year after with Geno Smith. Kyla Murray, forget his, his leadership abilities or lack thereof. Kyler's fell, fallen apart in the last three years physically. He ended 2020 hurt, ended 2021 hurt, ended 2022 with a torn ACL. And won't be ready for this upcoming season as he's rehabbing from the ACL. Baker Mayfield. Now, he's not even close to the athlete of a guy like, like a Russell or a Kyler. Doesn't have near the arm that they do. He hasn't panned out that well. I mean, size matters in the NFL. I mean, if you look at the last few Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, they're all pretty big dudes. Think about Mahomes. You think about Stafford, Brady. Uh, who won in 2019? Uh, Mahomes again. 
You think about Nick Foles. I mean, Nick Foles could have played basketball in college. I think he got scholarship offer from Arizona where he ended up playing college football. Big dude, 6'6". That's kind of the way to win in the NFL is not just with one of the best quarterbacks, but one of the more, you know, well-built quarterbacks. I have concerns about that with Bryce Young. I don't have those specific concerns with Stroud. But the Panthers are saying, what is the best case scenario if CJ Stroud pans out? Depending on their view, your viewpoint of how good he is. And what's the best case scenario if Bryce Young pans out? This isn't a situation where a coach is just trying to keep his job where he's like, okay, I got to start winning games. No, Frank Reich has a very good resume from Indianapolis. I mean, he had a court, literally every single year Frank Reich was in Indy. He had a different starting quarterback week one of every single season. He's saying, okay, what, what's it to me? What's it to my job status if Bryce doesn't pan out? If he does pan out, here we go. Let's start competing for, for championships potentially if he pans out to that extent. I, I get what Carolina's doing. I do. Now, what I wouldn't get if, is if they were going for a guy like Anthony Richardson or even a Will Levis who I have questions about. But these two, I don't think you can necessarily go wrong. But I, listen, I respect the fact that Carolina, this feels like the second time in the last month that they've said, we are going for it. Or really the third time in the last, it's April, so three months. We are going to go after Frank Reich. One of the best offensive minds in the NFL has succeeded with every quarter. Maybe not Matt Ryan, but Matt Ryan is, is kind of washed. Has succeeded with every quarterback he has ever had. Any success that Carson Wentz has ever had, Frank Reich's been a part of it. Philip Rivers was 40 years old. The Chargers are like, man, we don't know, want nothing to do with you. Frank Reich said, come on in. Let's go 11-5 and five and make the playoffs. He's a tremendous coach. So that's their first swing. Home run. Second swing. We're going to trade all these picks. We're going to trade DJ Moore. All these players. We're going to go get the number one pick of the draft because there's a quarterback we like. Another big swing. And now, you know, they're going after, it looks like, according to Mortensen, Bryce Young. That's a little bit of a risky move. But I get it. I get what they're trying to do. And so, look, hat, hats off to, 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 to the Carolina Panthers. Uh do I think Bryce Young's going to work? I don't know. I, I mean, as, as a prospect, I think he's tremendous. I think his leadership intangibles are unbelievable. I just worry about his size. Where Stroud, I'm worried about the upside, which I don't worry about with Bryce. Like, it, listen, there is no perfect prospect. Not every quarterback prospect coming in the NFL can be Trevor Lawrence, where, like, the kid's literally got everything. <laughs> you know, it's he, he's, he's big, strong-arm, accurate, mobile, great leader. Like, th that... That's just not, and he's A-plus in all categories. That's just not how it works. We, we we don't get those prospects, but once every 10 years. I mean, you get your Andrew Lux, you get your Peyton Mannings, you get your John Elways. There's not many of those. Okay, you, so you can't, you can't pin those type of expectations on this draft, which I think is a very good quarterback draft, but those guys likely won't be as good as a Lawrence or Andrew Luck when Andrew Luck was, you know, upright. Let's see. Uh, let's see. I think I got a tweet here from Schefter. Hang on. I saw some here from Adam Schefter. Uh, let's see. Oh, okay, here we go. So Jeffrey Simmons and the Tennessee Titans have agreed to a four-year contract extension. Okay. Excellent pass rusher. That's, that's a good deal. He's, he's probably today. Absent Derrick Henry, he's probably the best player in the Titans. So good move for them. But yeah, I, I, get, I get what Carolina, excuse me, I get what Carolina is trying to do with, with this move. 
you can't be great in the NFL if you don't take a big swing from time to time. Uh, I do want to move on, though, to a sticky in the NFL going to the to the Miami Dolphins and to Tyree Kill. Now, Tyree Kill, who's, as of late, looks like he's doing, I don't, I don't know, like a media, like a press tour. I, I don't know. I saw he was signing autographs the other day in Cleveland. I don't know what Kyrie, uh, Kyrie what Ty, uh, Tyreek is is doing, waste his time in Cleveland, Ohio. But, hey, you know, we all make poor decisions in life. But, so Tyreek Hill was doing an interview uh, with uh, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Just want to give the credit to where the interview was at. And first thing he said, uh, which I think is interesting, I love it. Listen, he's trash talking, and like I said, I have a rule about trash talk. I have no issue with it if you back it up, and Tyreek Hill is more than than capable of backing it up. It's just depending on whether his quarterback will help him back it up. He said, because the Dolphins go to Kansas City this season. Obviously, Tyreek Hill was want to help the Chiefs win a Super Bowl, had that huge catch off the ridiculous Mahomes throw on third and 15 to spark that comeback against the 49ers. You have, uh, again, he's one, he's one of, I think, the five best receivers in the NFL. There's no question about it. But he said, quote, Chiefs kingdom, when the Miami Dolphins come to Arrowhead Stadium this year, guess what we're going to do? Guess what we're going to do? I hate to say it, man. I hate to throw up the peace sign against y'all. I hate to do it. But guess what? I'm going to be all's worst enemy that day. I'm going to be all worst enemy that day. So I love it. Listen, he's 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 lighting the fire there. He's making that matchup even more interesting. I love it. Listen, it's it's fun. Like I said, sports. It's why I got really bothered me the the criticism Angel Reese got. It's like it's sports. Relax. This isn't the end of the world. It's, 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 it's what's it's what's fun. But then he said something else that I thought was really interesting. Absent that matchup this upcoming football season, he said something that I've seen a little bit of criticism for him for for saying this. I kind of respect it. So here's what Tyree Kill said. He said, uh, quote, I'm going for 10, man, in reference to 10 career seasons. I'm going to finish out this contract with the Dolphins, and then I'm going to call it quits. I want to go into the business side. I want to do so many things in my life, bro. So I like, I really want to get into the gaming space. I really want to get huge in that, and that's kind of what I'm doing right now. I'm using my platform, creating a gaming team, which isn't launched yet. It should launch by the end of this month. I'm going to just sign like different content creators, different athletes. I've just been working that, uh, talking to different sponsors. So normally when you hear a player use the R word, retirement, when you hear that word, it's like, oh, red flag. That's, that's, I've criticized Aaron Rodgers for for years. It's like, yeah, 50-50 on retirement. And by the way, this year he said he was 90-10 on retirement. It's like, dude, walk away. You're a clearly declining player. Another story for another day. I love this by Tyreek Hill because I think this is different from Aaron Rodgers. This isn't a season-to-season thing. Well, I may, I may not. Yeah, I've got, I could disappear into the forest for, you know, 72 hours. Of course, I don't even know if Aaron made it that long. He said 72 hours. I don't think he, he was able to reach that. Point being, he's not just, ah, I just may kind of just leave it out in the wind Tyree Kill's got a plan. He says, I want to play 10 seasons. End of 2025 season will be his 10th season in the NFL. It will finish his contract in Miami. He's made a lot of money. He's won a Super Bowl. He's like, then I want to go into the business side. I respect that. I remember when two guys that come to mind within the last decade, the first, a guy who is just, just made the Hall of Fame recently, 
Calvin Johnson, Megatron, one of the greatest receivers in the history of professional football. I think one of the 10 greatest ever. One of the biggest matchup nightmares that has ever played the game. And he retired for nine seasons in the NFL. And retired in the middle of his prime, it's like, whoa, <laughs> this guy has been, this guy's still dominating. This, still, this guy can still give you a thousand, heck, 1,500 yards every year. He's got a good quarterback in Matthew Stafford. Uh, the Lions at that time were at least a respectable organization. They were, you know, winning games, made it to the playoffs twice when he was there. Like, you know, it, it, it's it's working. It's like, you know what? I've had concussions. I've got, I, I, I've got a personal business I want to start, which he's crushing it in that. Props to him. He's like, a, football's not everything. And saying, well, I love football. While I committed nine years of my career to football, I've got bigger and better interest away from the game that's, that's going to last much longer than my ability to play the sport. I remember Travis Frederick. Now, his was more health-related. His, you know, He had uh, an autoimmune disorder that caused him to miss the entire 2018 season with the Dallas Cowboys. Came back in 2019, had a great year. I think he was a pro bowler, if I'm not mistaken. And he said, okay, I'm done. You know, and that was his sixth, no, it was his seventh year. It was his sixth playing season, his seventh overall season in the NFL. He said, you know what, I, I've got things I want to do away from the NFL. I've got things I want to do away from football that I want to accomplish. Props to him. And Tyree Kill's doing the same thing. Again, Tyree Kill is making a lot of money with the Miami Dolphins. I could be wrong. I think he's the highest paid wide receiver. Again, I could be wrong in that, but I'm pretty sure he is. If he's not, he's like top two, top three. He's still as productive as any player in the league. Again, he's got a championship. He helped the Chiefs win in 2019. He's obviously made a lot of money. He's still as productive as ever, even with Tua, which shows you the guy's like basically quarterback proof. Again, I don't think Tua's a bad quarterback. I mean, he's a starter. He's not Patrick Mahomes. That goes without saying. He's saying, I could be a Hall of Famer pretty soon. If I just keep padding these numbers, I'm a Hall of Famer. I got a ring, and I made my money. And that's what I think. I commend Tyreek Hill for that. Because too often you'll see athletes who sort of go through a sort of crisis when they when they retire, where it's there's you're there and there's listen there's nothing wrong with being committed. That's the, I the utmost respect for athletes that are committed, but that's why you see that's why I think LeBron in some ways, what heck, why Michael Jordan in some ways, why both of them, uh, the late great Kobe Bryant to a certain degree, talking about basketball, but guys who dominated off the court the same way they did on the court. Saying this isn't this isn't the only thing that I've got in terms of my aspirations in life. So I think you'll see athletes retire, and it's sometimes they'll come back, and it's like, yeah, you should just stay retired. Like you're not you're not the same guy. You can't produce at nearly the high high of level that that you used to. Use your platform. Use the resources that you have. And, you know, go go kick butt in the in in in, in the business world. Tyreek Hill's got interest. Again, he mentioned gaming. Listen, the gaming industry is, you know, not to quote Antonio Brown, but it is business is booming in the gaming industry right now. Tyreek's like, I love it. It's it's doing well. Let's take advantage of it. He's got a plan for the next three years. I'm going to play three more years, finish out my contract, retire, and then go go do more great things off the field. So I think, I think, and you're seeing, I think you're seeing more and more athletes focus on this regardless of the sport where they're committed, they, they go all out for their particular sport at their particular career. And then when they're done, they're done spin, you know, spits on their families, but also they've got other interests. They've got other ways to make money. 
And that's what's great. And I think that's what's what NIL has a chance in college football to really take advantage of. Where, yes, you know, now and now college athletes finally are getting paid. But I think something that has absolutely has to be put in place is not only financial advisors for these young athletes. I mean, you know, 19, 20 years old, these guys are kids. These guys and, and gals, these men and women are kids. They have an opportunity not only to, you know, to get a, a financial advisor, but also put people in their life to say, hey, we we want you to play as long as you want. If you're good enough to make the pros, then go for it. Absolutely. You know how much money you could make there. But also, there are other things away from sports that you could crush it at, that you could make, be an incredible business person at. So I I commend Tyreek. I've seen a little bit of criticism for him. I, I don't I don't really get that. I, I really don't because I think he's focusing on, you know, people criticize people for getting the bag. Listen, we we live in America. This is a capitalist society. You do what you got to do, as long as it's not illegal, of course. Hats off to Tyreek Hill. I I I, I, I respect that. And let's see. And he, he was he was talking about he was talking about when. He, he said he wanted a big increase in pay after the 2021 season when he requested, or I don't know if he requested a trade, or the Chiefs just said, hey, we can't pay you. We're going to look for somebody to, to trade you to. And by the way, today I think Kansas City won that trade for obvious reasons. They're the Super Bowl champions, but also they got a crap ton of picks in exchange. I think they got like four first-round picks for Tyreek. I'm like, man, Tyreek's, Tyreek's a beast, but four first-round picks? I don't know if he's, know if he's that good, but... Hey, the Chiefs made the deal. They got it done. But even for Miami, he spaces the field. He makes Jalen Waddle's job easier, makes Tua's job easier. So, hey, you do what you got to do in order to be a, a, a successful franchise. But Tyreek was talking about how Christian Kirk, wide receiver for the Jaguars, formerly of the Arizona Cardinals, sort of changed his mindset in terms of what he felt like he was worth. He said, quote, Christian Kirk signed the deal, and he surpassed me. And I'm like, bro. I compete on the field, and I also compete on the business side of this too. Uh, he was talking about Kirk's four-year, $72 million contract. He said, so I'm not going to let Christian Kirk have a higher contract than me. I'm not. I'm just not. Obviously, Christian Kirk's a very good player. He's not He's not Cheetah. Okay, He's not He's not deucing the defense when he's you know blowing by him for, for another 50-yard touchdown. That's, that's Tyree Kill for you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That is going to be interesting, though. When he goes back to Arrowhead, I imagine he's probably going to get, I don't know about standing ovation, but I'd be really shocked if he got booed. Kansas City's got a great fan base. I don't, I don't think he, I mean, he helped to win a, Kansas City and won a Super Bowl in a half century. He helped them do that. So I don't think they'll, I don't think they'll boo him. Moving on though to, to the NBA, which as I mentioned to start today's show is in the final stretch of the regular season. We've got it's crazy. We've got three days left of, of of the NBA regular season playoff seating. Some has been clinched. Again, I'm looking at the standings right now. Milwaukee's clinched the one seed. Uh, Boston's clinched the two seed. Philadelphia 
uh, is not quite locked into the three. I think they can clinch tonight against Atlanta, although it doesn't look like they're playing in their starters. Uh, yeah, Harden's out. Tobias Harris doubtful. Tucker's out. Maxie's out. So it, it might just be and be the one-man show. Maybe. But then they'll play the, the Brooklyn Nets, and against all likelihood, Philadelphia's going to clinch that three seed. Cleveland's clinched the playoffs. The play, or I'm sorry, no, 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 Philadelphia's already in. My bad. My bad. Philadelphia's already in. Cleveland cannot catch them. So Philadelphia's a three seed. Cleveland's a, the four seed, and the Knicks are the five seed. Those five teams have clinched in the East, and as a matter of fact, Philadelphia and Cleveland, that playoff matchup is locked in. It's going to happen. And again, we went, it feels like for a while we've been, knowing that Knicks and Cavs were going to face the first round. That is going to be an exciting series. If nothing else, it's the subplot of you had all these Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks trade rumors for all these years. I mean, he's a Mets fan. Poor guy. But he wanted to go to the Knicks, reportedly at least. I think he's from the New York area. That's why he is a Mets fan. The Knicks were reportedly in trade talks with the Jazz, but the Cavs were like, we're going to outbid him. We're going to give you guys more because we think this guy is a special player, and he is. He's he's a top 12 player in the NBA, and, and Donovan's had an unbelievable season. I think he's had an all-NBA season, and the Cavs had as well. I, I, listen, I don't like to give Cleveland props. Never have, never will, but I, I said this. I think I had Cleveland as my three seed. I think I had Cleveland as the three seed going into this season. They're the four seed, and just a half game out of the three seed. So I was pretty close on getting Cleveland right. Young talent, getting better. Uh, now... I will say, quickly, before I get to the Mark Cuban thing, I, I feel terrible for Cleveland in one way. And I'm not, I'm not joking here when I say this. For the same reason that I don't feel bad for my Warriors, I feel kind of pissed about what's going on with my Warriors. Not with them, but with the new CBA. And I talked about this, I talked about this last year on my show. When there were talks of the new CBA having a, a limit on, it wasn't a max contract. No, no, it was a limit on like the cap or something or how much you could spend over the luxury tax. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You say, well, that's, you're saying that because it hurts your Warriors. Not just that. Because of course I'm going to oppose anything that, uh, that, that, that hurts my Warriors. But that didn't make me that angry because I think we can still win championships as long as we got the core three. It's the fact that Golden State, people talk about the right way to build teams. I don't necessarily agree with that, about the there's a right way. The right way is however you got to win a championship. You do whatever you got to do to hoist the trophy and be the last team standing. There is no right way to do it. But Golden State, let's put it this way, they did it the hard way. All of the best players in their team outside of Andrew Wiggins, like the key guys, like the six best players in the Warriors, Five of them they drafted. Wiggins they traded for when nobody wanted Andrew Wiggins for the record. So let's just keep let's keep that you know hundred. Wiggins stock was way higher than he was when he was drafted than when he was traded to Golden State. Nobody wanted Andrew Wiggins. Golden State did, and you see how that's paid off for for them and him. They drafted Steph in two thousand nine. They drafted Clay in two thousand eleven. They drafted Draymond in two thousand twelve. They drafted Looney in twenty fifteen. They drafted Poole in twenty nineteen. Cleveland they traded for Donovan Mitchell but they drafted Devin Mobley, and they drafted Darius Garland. Now, they took Jared Allen, so you could... But I I hate... It bothers me so bad, and I got I to gotta criticize the commissioner for this. I, I'm a big Adam Silver fan, but I think he, the CBA, and the players, the people who vote on this, got it dead, dead wrong. You are punishing teams who 
we're punishing scouts, we're punishing GMs for discovering these guys. People knew, obviously, people knew about Steph Curry because he had that great run at Davidson. I don't know. Do you remember watching Clay Thompson in college? People watched Draymond Green in college because he played at a big school and played in a lot of big games. But nobody saw Draymond like, okay, yeah, this dude can be the difference in the Warriors being a good team and then being a dynasty. Nobody saw that coming. Nobody. Golden State, I don't, of course, I don't know if they saw that, but they saw, hey, this kid fits what we do four championships later. Cleveland, they discovered these guys. They found these guys. Mobley, people knew he was going to be good. But I, I, it, it bothers me how the new CBA punishes teams for finding great players. I think it's one of the worst moves in the history of the NBA of any CBA ever. It's terrible. It, by the way, it hurts Milwaukee. Milwaukee drafted Giannis. They drafted Middleton. Uh, yeah, I don't like it. Boston drafted Tatum, drafted Jalen Brown, drafted Marcus Smart, drafted Robert Williams. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a horrible, horrible move. Hate it. Absolutely hate it for the NBA. I think it's, it's garbage. Okay, let me get off my soapbox with that. So I just I just totally got into a... I got to talk about Cleveland, and then I went on like a five-minute ramp. Apologize for that. Let's talk about Mark Cuban, though, and the Dallas Mavericks, because they are... It's... The times are not good, as, as, as my buddy Grady would comment in reference to the Tom Petty song. And I'll do my best not to screw this up. The Dallas Mavericks are free! Free-falling! They're free-falling right now, guys. Sorry, I had to put you through that, especially those listening to earbuds. Point is, Dallas is in trouble. Now, I said that the Kyrie Irving trade, when it was made, was a terrible move. It was, it was gonna. I, I didn't think it'd be this bad. Maybe, I, maybe I just underestimate Kyrie's bad impact in the locker room too much. I mean, I think I, I always think it's gonna be bad. I always think it's something's gonna blow up. Something's gonna go wrong when he's a part of a team that's trying to win a championship, absent LeBron James. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Did not think they'd fall from the four seed to the 11 seed and be a game out of the play-in tournament with two games to go. Now, again, you look at the standings, forget the teams who have clinched. We're talking about OKC and Dallas are both competing for that last play-in spot. OKC is up a half game with one to go. It's as simple as this. If the Thunder win on Sunday against the Grizzlies, they are in the play-in. Dallas is done. However. If the Dallas Mavericks win their last two games, the first one tonight against the Chicago Bulls and the second one on Sunday against the tanking Spurs and the Thunder lose to Memphis, Dallas is in the play-in tournament and their hopes for sneaking into the playoffs are still alive. However, it should have never come down to this. It should have never come down to Dallas hoping and praying that OKC loses a game to Memphis's backups just to get into the play-in tournament. I, need I remind you, it was just, let's see, two months and two days ago that the Mavericks traded for Kyrie Irving. Three days later, he played his first game as a Maverick. 
when he took the court, the Dallas Mavericks were the four seed in the Western Conference with a chance, a chance to get the three seed. They are now the 11 seed fighting for their play in lives. Not only that, but Mark Cuban was talking to, uh, was it Tim McMahon? Yeah. So he was doing an interview with ESPN. And he was talking about how the Mavericks, and I don't know if you guys saw where Luka Doncic the other day was talking about they really miss Jalen Brunson, who was obviously on the Mavericks for the last few years, was a huge piece in them getting to the Western Conference Finals last year, and left in free agency, signed a big deal with the Knicks, and has been a home run. I, I thought it was crazy that that kid was not an all-star. He, he's been amazing this year for the Knicks. And Dallas has obviously missed him badly. Although I'd make the case that without him and before Kyrie Irving, they were doing just fine. And then they plug Kyrie in and it all blows up predictably. But Mark Cuban was talking about with Jalen Brunson said that essentially Jalen Brunson, they thought he was going to stay, but we never got the chance to re-sign him. Here's his quote. Quote, we thought we could turn him around. We wanted to re-sign him and wanted to keep the season going together. We thought, because JB kept on telling us he liked being here. JB never gave us an indication. It was only the parents, Jalen Brunson's parents, that were the issue. Even the agent said, worst case, we can do a sign and trade. And then some at the Mavs who possess Brunson's bird rights could have offered significantly more money than the Knicks and a fifth year on the contract. According to Cuban, the Mavericks were not given that opportunity. We didn't know what the bid was, Cuban said, speaking at a media day after Doncic said the Mavs missed Brunson a lot. They never gave us a number. Knowing the numbers now, I would have paid it in a heartbeat, but he wouldn't have come anyway. There's just no possible way that it was about money. I mean, there was no negotiation. They didn't give us a number. I mean, when you think that they were, when you're the incumbent team and you can match anything, that's the way it works, right? You have a relationship with the agent and they want to at least give you a chance because you helped develop the player. You had him for four years. Okay, let's work together. Is Mark Cuban trying to drive Luca away? Because what Mark Cuban is doing right now is he is not just taking a shot at Jalen Brunson. Take a shot at the dude's family, at the parents. He said when the parents got involved, that's when it got dicey. Don't think Luca isn't watching this. Don't think Luca doesn't know that the Mavericks had another generational talent from Europe before him. Heck, Luca played with him for his first his first year in the NBA. Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk Nowitzki had a two-decade career in the NBA. Again, I think one of the most, it's crazy to say this, but I feel like Dirk is one of the most underrated players in history. Folks, Dirk Nowitzki is the sixth all-time leading scorer in NBA history. Five players ever, ever have scored more points in the history of the game than Dirk. Is it, was it, LeBron, Carl Malone? I'm sorry, no, LeBron, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Carl Malone, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan. That's it. That's the only five players in the history of the game that score more points than Dirk. Dirk was a great player. They got one championship, and they never put that great co-star around him. He had Steve Nash, but they didn't keep Steve Nash. 
even when they won that championship in 2011, had a good supporting cast. They brought Jason Kidd back. They had Tyson Chandler. Jason Terry had a great finals. That was a good Mavericks team. We didn't think they beat the, the, the Heatles in Miami with LeBron, Wade, and Bosh, but they did, to their credit, and Dirk was amazing. Dirk never won a playoff series after that. They never put the requisite talent around him in order to compete for a championship. And you think, how is that possible? Dallas is a big market. It's a great city. Dallas, Texas is an unbelievable city. You're in the middle of the country. You're, I mean, again, I've heard people say this, and it's true. Travel-wise, Dallas has as big of an advantage as anybody. They don't have really a quote-unquote long flight. Whereas if you're the Miami Heat and you got to go play the Lakers, that's literally cross-country. Dallas doesn't have to worry about that. It's a beautiful arena. It's a great fan base. Again, it's Mark Cuban on the teams. So they got a ton of money. Why can they not attract other stars? Why do the best two players... Can, is it fair to say Luka's the second greatest Mav of all time already? It's not Dirk. Dirk's won a championship. Dirk's won an MVP. Luka has, has done neither. But he's a phenomenal player. I think he's the second greatest Mav ever. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Why is it that both the greatest Mavs ever were drafted by, by Dallas and never got a true number two co-star? Now, Luca had it in Brunson. And I'm not saying Mark Cuban is lying. I don't know. But he's accusing of the Brunson team, essentially, of acting in bad faith, of negotiating, or he said there's no negotiating, uh, negotiation at all, of just shunning the Mavericks. He also would go on to say, and this to me is like almost like the death blow to the potential... Luka Doncic career Dallas Maverick trajectory. He said, we will do our best to re-sign Kyrie Irving. And Luka's got to be hearing that and saying, are you listening to me? You don't remember Luka Doncic just two weeks ago said, I'm losing my joy playing basketball. It's not that fun right now. Dallas lost games before last year when they had that great run to the Western Conference Finals. They lost games. They lost playoff series. Luka never lost his joy. Points back to that guy who blew up the locker room in Boston, blew up the locker room in, in Brooklyn, and has, in short order, blown up the locker room in Dallas. And Mark Cuban's like, yeah, let's bring him back. In part... I kind of get why the Cubans saying this in part because we really don't have a choice but to try and bring him back because we gave up all these assets that we have, Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, to get a guy who's going to be a maverick for two months for who's probably going to leave in free agency. Now, he could stay because I don't think Kyrie Irving's going to have all that big of a market, 
because teams around the NBA are like, eh, we're, we're not touching, we're not touching him with a 10 foot pole. We're, he's got too bad of a history. He got too sketchy of a history in the locker room for us to, to even think about making the move. Even the Lakers who reportedly, oh, they're all in on Kyrie. They're going to sign him in 2023. Even they're like, ah, nah, we're good. We'll just run it back with the team that we've got, which by the way, I think is a great move by them. So he may have to bring Kyrie back. How do you think it's going to sit with Luka? Because ultimately, listen, you, you could say, ah, oh, spoiled, entitled NBA players. But this goes back, this is a tale as old as time. This is decades and decades and decades ago. You've got to make sure that the face of your franchise, the biggest reason that you have an opportunity to compete for championships, heck, the guy who's most responsible for making you a lot of money if you're the owner. If there's no Luka... Dallas's revenue is not as good. I hate to tell you. Not bringing as much money if they don't have Luka Doncic, who's one of the five best basketball players in the world and who's had as much success as he's had this quick. You have to make sure he's happy above all else. Because if he's happy, everybody will be happy. Right? The fans will be happy. Right? Cuban will be happy with the money that comes in. And ultimately, your chances of competing for championships will still be in the mix. I don't know what Mark Cuban is hoping to accomplish with this, with these quotes about Jalen Brunson and then about Kyrie Irving. But uh, I cannot imagine it sat that well with his best player. I can't. I'm a hard time believing that. See how it plays out over the next, first of all, the next few days, because I feel like Dallas has a very, very, very some chance of missing the playoffs. I don't know. Uh, I I don't, I do not like the direction this organization is going in at all right now. Okay. So again, earlier show today, three Eastern noon Pacific time. It's, it's very, again, it's been unconventional today, yesterday, just some, you know, stuff going on. Uh, Nothing's wrong. Don't, Don't worry about that. I wouldn't be doing a show if something was going wrong, but just, uh, you know, listen, we all, we all got crazy lives. We got stuff going on. Uh, Monday will be the regular time, 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific time on Twitter and the Carving Up and Grid YouTube channel. So don't worry about that. We'll get that, get that taken care of. But I want to shift. <laughs> so my, uh, my, my teammate here at the Grid and my buddy, Barry Grant Jr., if you haven't checked out the All Even podcast, do that. Since the inception of his show almost three years ago, he's going to be celebrating his three-year anniversary, I think, this summer. So congrats, Barry. But at the end of his show, it's my favorite part, he does his dummy of the week. It can be in sports, which is usually the case. It can be outside of sports. It can be anybody. Uh, the dummy of the week is arguably, arguably, the best segment uh, on the grid. Although I would make a... I would make a strong case that the best segment on the grid is... What are I betting, man? That's, that's the best segment. But Dummy of the Week's up there. Well, Barry, and I was actually t- texting him this earlier, <laughs> he's got a candidate for Dummy of the Week. He's got a good one. And I don't remember if this guy... I don't know if this guy has been a Dummy of the Week before. I think he has. I could be wrong on this. But uh, Gilbert Arenas. Gilbert Arenas. Uh, former NBA player, most notably with the Washington Wizards in the early 2000s. And he said, 
He was on some podcast or something. He said, quote, NBA players are not in the shape they used to be. Oh, Lord. Look, Gilbert is the clickbait king of former NBA players. Like, he's really, I'll give him credit. He's made a good career in the clickbait business. But to say that NBA players are not in the shape that they used to be in the, which good old days talk with anything, mostly in sports, drives me nuts. You know, we've got greater athletes now than we've ever had. Got better coaching, better nutrition, better workout habits, <clears throat> better workout habits. What the heck is Gilbert Arenas talking about here? Has he watched Steph Curry? Steph Curry runs every second of the game. Steph Curry is never stationary. He's never just standing one place at one time. You know, when he's off the ball doing nothing, he's not chilling on the defensive end, just, I'll let those guys go by me. The help defense will come and, and, and basically mask my bad defense. Has he watched Giannis Antetokounmpo? Has he seen the shape? Okay, all I will say, look at Giannis when he came in the league in 2013. Ten years ago. Look at Giannis now. He's taken decent care of his body. I think it's safe to say. And when you just, heck, when you watch him, a strong argument can be made, he plays harder than any players in the NBA. Both ends of the floor. And we know defense, defense is, is all about effort. Listen, guys are going to be better than others. Quickness, anticipation, length. But ultimately, you could be at least, a, like Steph Curry, for example. Go back to Steph. Steph will never be a great defender. Never. He is nowhere near a liability on that end. I think, again, just talk about Luka. I was defending Luka. I'll take a shot at Luka now. I don't think it's a shot. It's, I think it's just reality. Luka Doncic is a bad defender. He's, he's, he's a defensive liability. Steph Curry's not. Heck, Steph Curry, late game against the Milwaukee Bucks. Drew Holiday's going up for a game-winning layup, and Steph says, get out of here. He, like, pulls a Olajuwon and swats it out of his hands. Palms him at the rim. He didn't swat it out. He palmed him at the rim. Like, Steph's a good defender. He's not great. He's good. But back to Giannis. Giannis is in ridiculous shape. LeBron James, who routinely torched Gilbert Arenas, particularly in the postseason, his, his Washington Wizards back in the day when LeBron was in Cleveland. How was LeBron still this good in year 20? I'll tell you why. Because he takes care of his body better than maybe any athlete on the planet. That's why. That, that, that's why LeBron is still averaging 30 in year 20 in the NBA. For the record, the last, the highest, uh, the, the, I have the, in my notes, the highest scoring player in NBA history in year 20. I want to make sure I'm getting this right because I don't want to, I want to screw this up. Okay. Highest scoring player in year 20 uh, in the NBA, his 20th year in the NBA, Kobe Bryant with 18 points. 18's good. Now, Kobe, God rest his soul. And Kobe was a volume shooter, so Kobe's shooting percentage was not great. But 18 points ain't bad. LeBron's averaging 30. Has he watched Kevin Durant? Who makes scoring the basketball look as easy as riding a bike? Let me just get on a bike and ride it. That's what Kevin Durant is scoring the basketball, how you want it, where you want it, when you want it. The mid-range, the three, 
the crossover, the fadeaway, getting to the rim, shooting free throws, how you want it, where you want it, shooting over guys. Has he watched him? Has he watched Kawhi Leonard? Now, Kawhi's had injury issues, but I'll, I always defend Kawhi. Like, when we talk about low management, it's a problem in the NBA. I think Kawhi's totally justified in doing it. Kawhi's been low managing since he came into the, into the league. Because, again, I don't have this confirmed. I have a hard time believing the guy doesn't have arthritic legs. Like, I mean, guy always, always has knee problems. And, again, I don't think he can help that. Okay? Like, Kawhi does not want to have knee issues. I, I, th- I, think, I think he's got some, some form of, uh, of arthritis knees, which sucks. But even with that, he's still as effective as any player in the game when he's on. It's just, and what Gilbert Arenas is saying, first of all, it's obviously false. But it speaks to an issue that really bothers me with former players, and it's sometimes with fans. Uh, game was better back in, what, back, heck, just 25 years ago? You see the score of some of these final games? Folks, teams were struggling to break 70 in the finals. 70! Listen, I'm all, I'm not saying I want this, the scores to be, you know, 132 to 129 necessarily. I want good defense. Defense is half the game. It's half. Yeah, they're into the floor. But the notion that all oh, they were more skilled back then, it's just the game was tougher. These guys are soft now. That drives me crazy. Because the game, the game is called. Softer now. Now, and Kevin, by the way, Kevin Durant was just talking about this the other day. He said he hates it when people call the current guys soft. He said, no, you guys just got away with flagrance. <laughs> you guys just got away with punching each other in the face when you're going for layoffs. That's not basketball. That's a flagrant foul. You should be tossed out of the game. Now, in the NBA, it does, for some guys, it doesn't take much to get a foul call. Luca, Joel Embiid. And it takes you to basically assault the guy to get a call, Steph or LeBron. I don't like the inconsistency, but that's on the officials. That's not on the players. You're telling me that LeBron James does not be effective in any era of basketball ever. Really? You don't think so? He's one of the best. First of all, he's the all-time lead scorer. I think that should count for something. He's got an incredible basketball IQ. He's a great passer. He's a, In his prime, he was one of the best defenders on the wing in the NBA. He could rebound the basketball, and he's a triple-double threat. Any given night, you're telling me, you know, would Steph Curry, oh, you know, he's little. And Isaiah Thomas worked. <laughs> Isaiah Thomas worked. He's smaller than Steph. Not just in height, but in stature. With, with the, the muscle that Steph's put on, you're telling me a guy that can literally two steps beyond half court would not work in, in, in the NBA back in the day. Well, we just would have fouled him. Well, that's a cop-out. That's a cop-out. If you say that about LeBron or Kevin or Steph or Giannis, that is, it wouldn't, wouldn't work. I, 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 that, that bothers me more than anything else with, when people criticize today's NBA. There are issues with today's NBA. If you want to criticize load management, Go for it. I agree. I hate load management because I, I think it's an issue. But to say players today aren't as skilled as back in the day is just flat out false. 
I mean, the 20th best player in the NBA. Uh, who's the – I'm trying to think of a guy uh, off the top of my head. Let's say Jalen Brunson is the 20th – or another Jalen, Jalen Brown. Let's say they're 20th. Jalen's probably higher than 20, but around that area. 20th-ish best player in the NBA. They'd be great back in. Now, conversely, there are guys who played in the NBA back in the day who maybe didn't necessarily work great for that era who'd work great with today's era. I think I think about Demonis Sabonis' dad who played for the Blazers toward the end of his career. He's a little bit like Jokic. I think he'd have been a great fit, been kind of like a point center in today's NBA. I think if we're talking about all-time great players, I think Larry Bird would have been a seamless fit in today's NBA. Great shooter, great defender, great passer. Like all the things that you need to be a great basketball player, Bird pretty much had. But we can't turn the narrative around and say, well, yeah, those guys would have worked today, but today's guys wouldn't have worked back then. It doesn't work like that. Uh, and, and we all know Gilbert Arenas is trying to imply this, which I hate. I, I, I hate it when when we just rip today's guys as if they're just bums. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. The skill player of guys in the 90s, not even close to what it is now. That's partly why I think LeBron's the GOAT. Think about the teams Jordan played in the finals versus what LeBron played in the finals. Jordan played the Lakers, who had magic, but no Kareem and no Worthy because he got injured in that series. James Worthy was a great player. He played Portland. It was good. Clyde Drexler, good team. Not overwhelming. He played the Suns, who had an excellent team. Charles Barkley, Johnson, very good team in Phoenix. Not an all-timer. He played the 96 Supersonics. Great defensive team. Gary Payton, Sean Kemp, not overwhelming. Now, the last two teams he played, the Utah Jazz in 97, and particularly in 98, are some of the greatest teams ever to never win a championship. Because you got John Stockton, who's by a mile the all-time leader in assists, and you got Carl Malone, who scored more points than every player in NBA history except for LeBron and Kareem. Whereas LeBron, on the other hand, faced the Duncan Spurs three times, faced the greatest dynasty since Jordan's Bulls, the Warriors, four times. He faced the Thunder with KD, Harden, and Westbrook. He faced Dirk Nowitzki in the finals. Now, he didn't play well in that finals. I, 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 you know, I'll leave that leave that there. He didn't play well. And in 2020, probably the worst team he's played, the Miami Heat. I'll give you that one. But seven of his 10 finals appearances, he faced Tim Duncan, Steph Curry, actually eight of his 10 finals, Tim Duncan, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant. Because he played Durant three times because he played him once in OKC. I mean, what are we talking about here? It's not, even it's not even close. Who's the best player Jordan played in the finals? I guess I guess it's it's Magic Johnson, but Magic wasn't Magic at, at least you know what he was in the '80s at that time. So the best player in his prime that he played was either Barkley or Carl Malone. Best player in their prime that he played in the finals. Braun played Duncan, who to me is the sixth greatest player ever. Steph, who to me is the seventh greatest player ever, and KD, who's probably the twelfth or thirteenth greatest player ever. Not twelve. Okay, he's not twelfth. Thirteenth or fourteenth greatest. Because I think 12th is 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 Hakeem. I mean, it's it's not even close, guys. 
Bottom line, skill level's better in today's NBA. Okay, sticking with the NBA, last topic of today's show. As I mentioned numerous times throughout today, it is the last three days, the last 72 hours of the NBA regular season. It's unbelievable how fast this year went by. It feels like yesterday I was doing with with Barry the the carving it up 2022-23 NBA draft or NBA draft show, not draft show, although we'll be doing one of those soon. NBA season prediction show. I like gave my predictions for the regular season, who was going to win MVP and coach the year and six man all that and then playoff predictions. Now, my playoff predictions actually weren't bad. I still feel great about my preseason finals prediction. Golden State in seven over Milwaukee. I'm still sticking with that. But currently in the NBA as we sit here today, we'll start with the East. What does the East look like with three games to go? Bucks are the one seed. They're clinched. Celtics are the two seed. Clinched there as well. Philadelphia has clinched the three seed. Cleveland has clinched the four seed. New York has clinched the five seed. Those five teams are all in the playoffs. They don't have to worry about the playing tournament. And they're locked into their spot. So for that, those five teams, the games from here on out are just games. They, they don't mean anything for playoff positioning, at least. And then in the Western Conference, we have four teams who have clinched. The Nuggets are, are they the one seed today? Yeah, the Nuggets have clinched the one seed in the West. So they're in, and they're the one seed, home court advantage. The Grizzlies are the two seed today. I don't; They have not locked up the two seed. One more win, and they've got the two seed. Uh, they play in Milwaukee tonight. They're the two seed, but they clinched the playoffs. The Gri- I'm sorry, the Kings today are the three seed. They're not locked in, but they're in the playoffs. By the way, King, for the Kings, the first time they've been in the playoffs since 2006. They had the longest playoff drought of any team in professional sports. And then Phoenix just locked up a playoff spot recently. They're in, and they are locked in as the four seed. So they're locked. In, they're in the playoffs, and they are going to face whoever is the five seed. Now, out east, you've got two teams fighting for that very coveted six seed to avoid the play-in tournament, not have to play any more games. The Brooklyn Nets are six today. They have a one-game lead over the Miami Heat. They have one game lead over Miami. Now, Brooklyn plays the Magic and the Sixers to end the season. The Heat play the Wizards and the Magic to, to end the regular season. And then after that, the plane is set in the East. Atlanta, Toronto, Chicago. We don't know the order of those teams. Again, Atlanta, Toronto could flip spots as we sit here today, but that's where it's at. Out West, it's way more com- way more complicated in the West. So you got the four teams, Denver, Memphis, Sacramento, Phoenix, that are in. They're in the playoffs. You got four teams fighting for the last two playoff spots, in particular, the six seed. They don't want the five seed. They want the six seed so they can avoid the Suns. Clippers are five. Warriors are six. Lakers are seven. Pelicans are eight. And then following that, you've got the Timberwolves, Thunder, and Mavs competing for those last two play-in spots. All of that said, again, as we sit here today, we've got one, two, three, four. We've got nine teams that are done. Their season's over. Some, they've known it for a while, like Houston and San Antonio and Detroit. But nine teams whose season's over, they have no chance to make the playoffs. 
So for everybody else, here's what I think is going to happen. I'm not going to do game predictions necessarily, but I'll sorry for the podcast audience. I'll put the graphic up right now. Here's to me what the playoff format is going to look like after Sunday. Here you go. So we know Nuggets, Grizzlies, Kings are all in that order in. as uh, Phoenix as well. I believe the Clippers will be the five seed. They will beat Portland tomorrow night. Portland's tanking. And my guess is Phoenix probably, if they don't rest their guys, they'll play them like a half. Again, Phoenix isn't playing our guys. Again, we will never get LeBron James versus Kevin Durant, as I was praying that we would yesterday. Because KD played 40 minutes last night. The Suns are already in the playoffs. So this game means nothing for the Suns. KD's not playing tonight. It's like, are we ever going to get LeBron versus KD again? It's so frustrating. They haven't played in three and a half years. Anyways, Clippers are the five seed. They win their last two. Golden State is the team. My Warriors are the coveted six seed. I think they win their last two games against the Kings, who they play tonight, ironically. And the, who do they play Sunday? They play Portland on Sunday. A tanking team on the second night of a back-to-back. And the Lakers will be the seven seed. And they'll be in the play-in. Now out east, a little less complicated. Top six seeds, or top five seeds are all locked in. Bucks are one, Celtics are two, Sixers are three, Cavs are four, Knicks are five. I think Brooklyn will be the sixth seed. Now, you guys know I love Miami. I went so far as to call Miami a contender because do you want to face the Heat in the playoffs? We know what their resume is in the postseason the last few years. We know what Jimmy Buckets is in the postseason the last few years. But the Nets will play a Magic team whose season is done. Probably going to be resting a lot of guys. And they play the 76ers on Sunday. And in that same instance, we worry about Philadelphia's health in the postseason, at least I do, for a long time. They're in. These games mean nothing for them. I anticipate they'll rest their starters as well. So regardless of what happens with Miami, Brooklyn will be the sixth seed. So the play-in out west, I think in this order, will be, make sure I'm getting this right. Okay. Lakers, Timberwolves. I think the Timberwolves jump the Pelicans. Then the Pelicans. And I think Dallas' season ends this weekend. OKC is in the play-in tournament. There you go. That's one thing going to happen. That's one thing going to happen. And out east, uh, out east as well, in that order, I think the Heat are the seventh seed. Atlanta retains the eighth seed. And then where it sits today, Toronto, Chicago. And the play-in tournament starts next Tuesday. So there you go. And I'll get my play-in predictions on Monday's show. That's how I think it's going to be. My Warriors get the coveted sixth seed, and we get a smooth old path to the Western Conference Finals. Let Denver, let Phoenix, let the Clippers, let the Lakers, let them all beat each other up while we get the Kings, who, while they're amazing offensively and have a great coach in Mike Brown, they play no defense, and they've never been to the playoffs. Again, the franchise has not seen the playoffs since the Seattle Supersonics existed. Since then, the Supersonics moved to Oklahoma City and became the Thunder. That's how long it's been. By the way, hats off. I've got a hat on. Hats off to Mike Brown, who won championships in Golden State as an assistant coach. I love Mike Brown. Love that guy. And he's done an awesome job with with Sacramento. No surprise there. He's resting his starters tonight. (laughs) So we're playing the Kings D-League team. So the Warriors are going to win out. The Clippers are going to win out. We will be the sixth seed. We'll get 
the Kings in the first round. And then should we win that series? Well, in all likelihood, unless they wet the bed, get the Grizzlies. They've been talking some smack over the last few uh, years. We'll see if you can back up that smack talk. That'll be a fun second round series. I have a good feeling about it. All right. Here we go. Final stretch of the NBA regular season. Cannot wait. That is all the time we have for today's show. Appreciate everybody stopping by as always. We'll be back to our normal time. Don't worry. Catch Carving Up Live on Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific time on Twitter, as well as the Carving It Up YouTube channel and the Grid YouTube channel. And be sure to like, share, comment, take two seconds out of your day. Hit that big red subscribe button. Helps the channel grow exponentially. And be sure to go subscribe to the Grid Network. That is G-R-Y-D, the Grid Podcast Network. Podcast, a sports network I'm a part of on YouTube. You can catch my podcast. If you want to listen to the show, you can listen to Carving It Up Through the Grid on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, as well as, well as wherever you get your podcasts. Also got an amazing plethora of shows on the grid. I mentioned Barry, All Even Podcast, co-founder of the grid with Mike Guido. Patrick Brown, the Chaotic Sports Podcast, and the Forum Podcast. The Forum is a tremendous show, if you're especially if you're a Lakers fan. You've got uh, Parnell, the Commander's Demand podcast. I'd like to get him on the show pretty soon. Introduce you guys to him. If you haven't been introduced to him already, check out his show, The Commander's Demand. We've got the Cowboys Cam Fan podcast. Love those guys over there. Ant, Alex, and Adam. Ryan Flowers, who's doing an unbelievable job right now with our NFL draft stuff. Clutch Sports Talk. I'm sure he'll probably, I think he may have a show Sunday. I don't want to speak for him. He may have a show on Sunday, NFL Sunday morning. Check it out. Who else we got? Alfred Parsar Jr., Metropolitan Report. He's there at City Field right now as we speak, catching the Mets, uh, playing the uh, Marlins right now. Mets are up 9-3, to three, so I bet Alfred's happy about that. The Metropolitan Report and the Rocket Field Jets podcast. And the Jets have obviously been in the news quite a bit lately. So, awesome content at the Grid Network. Please go check all of it out. Have a great weekend, everybody. If you find in your heart, observe this Good Friday, the true meaning of this day. Hope everybody has an amazing Easter and understand the meaning of that day, the great news of that day as well. He is risen. Have a great weekend, everybody. By the way, hats off to the Tennessee Three. You're doing awesome work, and we stand with you. Please be sure to take care of your physical as well as your mental health. God bless you all. Peace out. He's risen. Thanks so much for watching the show on YouTube. Be sure to click that big red subscribe button and go check out the other clips and full shows of Carving It Up Live. Have a blessed day. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.